The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week, like every other week of the year, we are striving to be your public radio source for the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And today is our monthly X-Factor Investor Radio interview. This is something that we've been doing since December, and you guys seem to like it. So uh, we're going to keep doing it as long as you keep telling me you enjoy hearing from these extraordinarily successful investors who come on the show once a month, not to talk about strategies or tactics or the stuff that we talk about the rest of the time, but rather what it is that they have that you should be trying to get that has made them so super successful. And today I am interviewing my first female X-Factor investor, Missy McCall Hammonds. Missy has been in real estate for 20 years. She's bought and sold 2,000 houses and currently manages 1,400 rental properties, most of which she also bought, rehabbed, and sold. Missy, welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Wow, you make me sound great. Thanks, Fina. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I didn't even get I didn't even get part of the way through the through the bio there, but uh, one of the rules of, of these interviews is I don't tell people anything they can find out about you on LinkedIn. You know, they can do that themselves. <laughs> what they wanna what they wanna hear is good Lord, how in the world did you do that? Because um, your current business is uh, turnkey rentals. Yes, that's and correct. you are you are you are certainly one of the largest turnkey rental providers in Ohio, which is a state that is full of turnkey rental providers, by the way. And this is actually a reinvention of your business. You didn't you didn't start out doing this twenty years ago. So so talk a little bit about sort of the arc that your business has taken since you got started. Gosh, back in uh, nineteen ninety eight. And uh, went through the real estate crash and then through today. So we started out, I started out thinking that I could rehab houses and sell them to the public. And my first career was a paramedic firefighter. So I wanted to make everyone a homeowner. And I started with $50,000 homes and helping people buy homes and become homeowners. And that was a great process. Um... And then I made a mistake of buying a house that had four doors that I thought was a four family and it was a 10 family. So kind of added water and overnight I became a landlord, which was really kind of exciting. So I was, I would buy a house for myself then sell two. And I started building my rental portfolio along with selling homes to homeowners. 
And as the recession was approaching, we all saw the writing on the wall that that retail market was going to go away. So I tried to reinvent myself and discovered that I couldn't just be a landlord at that point in my life because I hadn't built enough equity in my properties, but I would need to augment it. And I started working with investors and then buying houses that I would continue to manage because I really love property management. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the path to that road. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, during that time, because uh, I mean, everyone who was in the business in 2008, nine, and 10 is still getting over the PTSD from watching watching tenants move out of all of our units and like move in seven to a household and watching property prices crash and watching the financing go away for properties. And um you sort of you sort of took what you already did know how to do, which was rehab and also rent, and just turned that around to rehab for rental to landlords. But is that business changing now that the market is kind of hotter and those super cheap deals are harder and harder to get? Well, we've built a portfolio with investors that aren't just super cheap houses. So we manage homes that rent anywhere from $300 a month to $3,000 a month. And today our business includes new construction homes, which are around $200,000. So we've changed our model to go just from what people perceive, perceive as a landlord in low income housing to include all walks of life because we found everyone rents in every walk of life. So why not provide that housing, which then gives investors a brighter, broader range of homes they can buy. Mm-hmm, 2000 deals is a lot of deals. And especially since you rehabbed most of those, that's, yes, just, we did. <laughs> that's you know, like, like if somebody comes in here and says, I did 2000 wholesale deals. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, that took you like 4,000 hours to do, but, but we're talking here about, a, a, a huge business at this point. I yes. mean, you, you, how, how many, how many employees are helping you with this business now? We have about forty employees and probably one hundred and fifty contractors that we work with. And and they, I assume, help in every end of the business from management to acquisition to selling the properties and so on to cleaning them to painting them all walks all parts answering the phone. <laughs> so 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 you truly do have a business in the sense that operates like any other business. It's just that the product is turnkey rentals, but other people do the stuff that's required to find them and fix them and yes. get them out the door and then get them managed after that. So was there something in your life before real estate that got you prepared to run a business like this? Was there some uh, job that you had or is this something that you sort of developed into just because you had to? Well, my first career was a paramedic firefighter, which is very systematic. And I think that was the first real key that helped me in success is that when we started our business, we started with a business plan and started building systems almost immediately. So we would do the same thing over and over and over again, which is very much um, what medicine and paramedicine and all of those industries are. They're doing the same thing over and over again and finding the best way to get down that route. And I think that was really one of the things that helped me the most. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's not as if you came out of some job that, you know, you were, that you had 40 employees working under you and had, Oh, heavens. (laughs) Had had a lot of rehab experience and all of that sort of thing. Um, and, And I think that's an interesting, I think that's an interesting fact for folks who are, you know, still still working on getting their first deal or their fifth deal, and they can't kind of can't imagine 
you know, how does somebody get to where Missy is because they think that you like started that way? No. One house at a time. <laughs> One house at it a time. It was that fifth house that made me become a landlord that changed my life. <laughs> that tin unit. <laughs> Interesting. So I think most people who look at folks like yourself who have reached kind of that pinnacle that every everybody who takes that very first I saw it on late night TV class wants to end up being you. And I think they I think they look at you and they say, well, she must be a lot more disciplined than I am. She she must have she must have she must be like robotic about about completing all of her tasks. Do you feel like you're super disciplined? I don't feel super disciplined. I'm very driven, uh, but definitely not as disciplined as I'd like to be. <laughs> You'll never find me in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and that's interesting because of the of the last uh, three guests that I've had that I've asked that question, all of them said, no, I'm not really super disciplined. I, I have something else, but I'm not super disciplined. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Uh, my guest today is Missy McCall Hammonds, and we're talking about what it is about her or about how she thinks or acts or has done things over the years that has uh, enabled her to buy and sell 2,000 properties and uh, currently manage 1,400 of them. Can you imagine that? Some of you guys can't manage to can't manage to manage the one single family home you own. And she's managing 1400. So if you have questions for Missy about anything about how she's done it, what what uh, she likes about it, what she hates about it, whatever, give us a call at 877-772-9658. Again, that's 877-772-9658. Or send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's X Factor Investor Week. That's the week that I get to interview somebody who has reached that top that everybody wants to reach, but so few people do. And what we do on this show is try and figure out what it is about our X Factor investors that makes them different than the run of the mill person who takes that class on a Saturday and goes home and never does anything with it at all. Um, what, other than being driven, which you've already said is, <laughs> is a, a big part part of your personality, uh, do you think is the most important habit that that you have sort of made yourself do over the years that has made you successful? I call it the one thing. When I wake up in the morning, what is the one thing I can do today that will make my business successful? And I ask myself that every morning. And I don't ask for two things. I don't ask for three. I ask the one thing. And I know if I do that one thing and get it accomplished, I'm going to make a significant difference in my business. Mm-hmm. And do you get it accomplished most days? Absolutely. <laughs> because a lot of people are sort of are sort of aware. Like Gary Keller wrote a book, in fact, called The One Thing. And uh, I, I happen to be listening to it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like now while I'm interviewing you, but now in, in, in this particular uh, time frame. And I realize that in most areas, I know what the thing I should be doing is, but stuff gets in the way. Tenants get in the way. Employees get in the way. The fact that I'm hungry and need to go to the refrigerator gets in the way. Everything gets in the way. How do you keep on track with all of this other stuff going on around you? I think those were recession lessons. I mean, during the recession, I was 
I had a lot of fear of losing our business and everything that we'd worked for. And I knew if I could just do that one, if I would stay focused on that one thing, then I I could get that off my list. And it, I always made it something very specific that wasn't, you know, just go to the refrigerator. It was <laughs> call the bank, beg for a loan. <laughs> what can we do to, to help us survive today? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is there anything that you use to sort of keep your time and priorities on track? Is there, are you a paper person? Do you have something you use on your computer or is it all up in your head? Oh, I have a half a dozen. I'm a taskless person. I'm a list person. And if it's e- it's either on a piece of paper or it's uh, we have task managers in our office that we keep lists of things. And I have lists on my phones and um, because I get busy and have more ideas than I should. So I write them all down. So I'm absolutely a taskless person. And I am that person that when I'm really disciplined and trying to keep everything organized, if I forgot to put it on my list, I'd put it on there and check it off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Feels good to check that off. Oh, yeah, it does. Get that little rush of of hormones of some sort when you, I don't, I can't remember what the pleasure one is, but I I, I get it. It's like, you know, eating a piece of chocolate uh, to get to check something off the list. Um, Tell us what your typical day looks like. I'm usually up by 6 or 6.30, and I spend an hour reading my Bible, prayer, meditation, thinking about what I'm going to do that day and how to stay focused on it. And then um, our office, we're fortunate enough to be, is about um, two miles from our house today. So uh, a five-minute drive to the office and then uh, some quiet time there. We started a process in, with all of our managers that we do 90-minute pushes, so at least two days a week, um, close the doors, turn off the phones, preferably go somewhere where there's not a window, and spend 90 minutes solving a problem in our business. And I think that's that 90-minute power crunch is really awesome. I've really made great changes in my business since then. That's a, a fascinating thing, and it's something that you wouldn't have to have a bunch of employees to do. Like, you could do yeah. it yourself, sitting oh, yes, in your exactly. own office. It's, right. So, so to, like, what kinds of problems would, would these folks be dealing with in these 90-minute crunches? And it's actually, it is absolutely alone. Uh, and then we join in, uh, each, of the, each of the managers, we have a, a weekly meeting, but the 90 minutes is taking on a, identifying a project or a process in our business that either needs solved or improved mm-hmm. and then just working through what the possible solutions and then the best solutions are. So so uh, example. Um, Facebook media management. So what do we have to do to make our, our media presence known? How do we manage that? What kind of tools do we need? And then spending an hour looking for resources, Hmm. sending emails to people that you know have Facebook media management accounts. Who do they use to help the management? So just going into spending nothing but that 90 minutes, just digging all the way through and staying disciplined to not let your mind wander to, oh, well, it's not just uh, media management. It's total reputation management. What else do you have to do? And, oh, by the way, the dog wants to go out. And (laughs) (laughs) Uh the phone's ringing and... What other problem has come up on your turning off your email while that goes on? Well, I'll tell you, that is a big takeaway for me. Um, and, I, and it's funny because the reason I actually started doing these X Factor uh, interviews was to keep myself interested. Because <laughs> you, know, you can only interview people about how does one go about wholesaling just so many times. And I mean, the show is going to have been on the air for 22 years this April. So oh uh, I was... I was uh, um, 
really just sort of, uh, you know, t- trying to do this to, to, to keep myself inspired about uh, continuing to do uh, real life real estate investing. And every single show I've done, there's been some takeaway that I went, I should be doing that. And that's my takeaway is those 90 because if I could get my yeah, I have a much smaller staff than you do. But if I could give them each 90 minutes all to themselves where I wasn't bothering them because I'm the biggest bother, <laughs> their phone wasn't <laughs> bothering them, they weren't bothering each other, uh, I imagine we could get a whole lot done. Um, so very good stuff. Um, now, what role do you still play in your business? Because I get the distinct feel that you are, al- although you ha- really have all these people doing the work, you're the face. I am the face. And I'm the the visionary. I'm the one that, or the shiny star chaser, as they call me at my office. But um Truly, I'm still very active in all of the departments, but we have, we've implemented a management system called EOS um, that allows me to step away from a lot of the systems writing and um, let someone that's really good at that do it. So I get to fling out ideas, they get to catch them and then run with them. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. And a, a lot of the, um, I think a lot of the, not direct selling of properties, but the letting people in the world know that there are properties for sale falls to you. Yes. Is that is that correct? Someone taught me to stand up in front of 100 people and speak without shaking. Her name was Vina. So <laughs> I'm definitely that, that face of the, of the business. Mm-hmm. So there's there's some travel involved in, because in, I know a lot of your customers are from out of the area because when they see prices, you know, like 200000 which is a very nice house, by the way, listeners who are on the coast, a $200,000 house is a very nice house in Butler County, Ohio. It's it's probably your equivalent of like a six hundred and fifty or seven hundred thousand dollar house, um, and I know those folks when they when they see those kinds of prices, they just you know light up and want to want to buy here, and that's you who lets them know in person what the possibilities are. Correct? Yes. Excellent. So, I you, you sort of brought this up a little bit, so I'm going to come back to it. Um, books, books that have really affected your business. You said. Uh, EOS, and yeah. that is from a book called Traction. Right. And you're the second person who's mentioned it in three months. It's and fabulous. It's, uh, it's by a guy named Gino Wickman. Uh-huh. And folks who are interested in looking into it can get it on the uh, Amazon button at wmkvfm.org, and they pay the same amount for it, but WMKV gets, I don't know, a nickel. I, we don't know how much they get, but it's it's some money, and it doesn't cost them anything else. Talk Talk a little bit about... Uh, that book, when you got into it, and what actual effect it's had on your business? So I probably read it three years ago, and then I read it again. But because I'm one of those entrepreneurs that think they can do everything, I had myself in every seat. And one of the thing that tra- things that Traction teaches you is that you can't sit in every seat, that you have to let go and let those wonderful people that have the skills and the knowledge help you run the business and step away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get your fingers out of every pot. Step away from the levers. Yes, and the <laughs> shiny stars. So um, I really, and they have what they call an integrator and a visionary. And the leader of the company is truly the visionary. The integrator is the one that I say picks up the shrapnel, builds the systems, and keeps all of those visions going. And for two years I thought I could do both because I do everything (laughs) and I joined a mastermind group that had been using that book and really implementing it and I discovered that um, I'm not a good implementer I'm the visionary and if I'll let 
the people that are good at implementing systems do that, then my business will be much more awesome. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we've done. We've brought in some uh, consultants to help us do it. And um, each department is now operating dependently or interdependently and independently. And it's really made a huge change. Mm-hmm. And again, that book is uh, Traction by Gino Wickman. And again, those of us here who are volunteering at Public Radio would appreciate it if you'd buy it through the Amazon button on WMKVFM.org. Um, are there any other books that have sort of, you know, that folks who just pick up easily at Amazon or something that, that have, have had a big impact on your thinking? Probably the E-Myth is, was the first one. And... Um, the myth Revisited, which talks about taking yourself out of the position of doing it every day and becoming that visionary for the company. Um, certainly didn't understand that's what that role was at that point, but I did learn from that that you've got to stop making the bread if you're going to run a successful bakery. You need to understand the finances, the the ingredients, the materials management, and all the different parts of the business to really run a successful business and then pull yourself out of the day-to-day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I sort of look at traction as picking up where Emeth left off. Emeth was Emeth was sort of the rich dad, poor dad of entrepreneurial books. In that, it got a lot of people excited about being entrepreneurial and you know how 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 to stop uh, the cycle that that uh, small business people get into, where they grow to the point where they're so stressed out that they have to decide either to shut down. And that's what a lot of folks do, especially in real estate. I mean, how many people have you seen who did go out and, and you know, flip 15, 20 properties and then went back to their job because their business got too big for them? But traction kind of picks up and tells you how to do it is is sort of the way I see the two books as working together. So folks who've read the one and gotten frustrated because it wasn't enough of a to-do list uh, might want to pick up uh, traction. We need to take a quick break. If you have questions for Missy McCall Hammonds about anything that has made her successful, give us a call at 877-772-9658 or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Missy McCall Hammonds, owner of Bed and Breakfast Properties, who uh, has just done a whole lot of deals and continues to do how many a month now? You're up to some crazy number. About 240. No, no, no that's a year. A year. <laughs> okay. I give myself heart 20, failure. 20 a month. <laughs> yeah, 20 I wish a month. you guys were in the studio and could have seen the reaction she just had <laughs> to her own statement. She almost fell off her chair. Um, so it's about 20 a month and that's, that's buy, it's either build them or buy them, rehab them, resell them. That is a huge volume, uh, even amongst most turnkey rental providers. Most, I think most providers that are even pretty big are doing 50, a hundred a year. So obviously Missy has got something going on and we're exploring what it is today on real life, real estate investing. Uh, 877-772-9658 is the number to call if you have questions. You can also send them to askvina at gmail.com. Um, what do you do to stay sharp? Like, this, I mean, running running a giant business like that um, seems, seems like it could become mind-numbing if, if you didn't do something to kind of step back and not think about it. 
I'm not good at that not thinking about a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we take quarterly vacations. We we tune out for a week quarter. Uh, my husband and Bob and I do uh, because we both work in the business together. So we and while we're gone, we try not to talk 24 seven about the business. But sometimes I don't let him not. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I take I go to a mastermind quarterly. So there's really eight times a year I'm getting away for at least a long weekend to meet with like minded people that are very willing to share. And I think that's that's a key to my success is joining those masterminds. Excellent. So flipping this around, what do you think keeps all the zillions of folks who are who are at least giving lip service to wanting to build a business like yours? What, what do you think is is the number one thing that's keeping them from doing it? I think fear is the first, you know, that fear of failure, fear of the unknown, whatever it is that that motivates them. They're they're used to the nine to five and don't want to give up the security of it. And it's it's a huge step um, to to quit your job and start a business on your own. So I think that's it. And they're not always willing to take the time to get the education to do it right, because it's it all sounds easy, uh, but it's really a very complex business. Did you have that fear when you first started? Well, absolutely. <laughs> How did you get over it? Um, I had a really bad boss. <laughs> and he was so encouraging. And it was like, I got to get out of this. And uh, I just made the decision that within a year I was going to start my own business and uh, started putting together a business plan, which, you know, I see people spend months designing business cards and trying to make logos, but they never write a business plan. So especially those people that are just starting out, learn the dollars. Figure out what it's going to cost, what your life costs, before you decide, I'm going to build the world's biggest business. Biz biggest isn't always better. Have a business that fits your personality, but have a business plan first. Mm -hmm. If you could go back and tell that Missy, what, like one piece of advice. I'm giving you a time machine. <laughs> You can go back and you can tell yourself anything you want to tell yourself. What would you say that would have sped you up, made your life less stressful, kept you from spinning your wheels? There's a recession coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, so guaranteed that that would be true. I mean, there's always a recession coming. Um, wh what, what would that have made you do differently? I think it had made me less aggressive and less driven. Um, bigger is not always better. And I think in the beginning, I just wanted to build a big business. And I think I focused on that more than building a quality business and the quality business that allowed me the quality of life that I wanted. And sometimes, like you said, you know, you've went through 15 rehabs and you're exhausted and you go back to your nine to five. So build a business that fits your lifestyle, not build your lifestyle around what business you want to have. Interesting. So you would actually, you would actually have said, don't go so fast. Don't go so fast. Because there might be a recession in the future. <laughs> <laughs> if there, if there's another recession five years from now, what are you going to do differently this time? Well, I've spent the last eight years planning on another one coming. So we've really spent a lot of time preparing, you know, um, I was taught all leverage is great, and I learned during the recession that all leverage isn't great. It's great to have reserves and to make sure your reserves meet the size of your portfolio. And paid-off houses are awesome. Um, maximum leverage isn't. So 
each part of our business being independently profitable versus one arm of the business financing all the rest of it. So these are steps that we've taken in the last eight years to really diversify and solidify each of the, the divisions of our company. Mm-hmm. In the last 12 months, I, I, typ- I typically find that um, X-Factor investors have have made big changes in what they've done over over a long period of time, but I also find that they're constantly changing things and and t- you know typically for the better. So, in the last year, what is the the biggest lesson you've learned or the biggest change you've made in your business? Even though the business has been going on for twenty years, I think implementing the traction system was the biggest one because they believe everything should be documented, and we were a very documented, systematic business until the recession hit, and then everything flew out the window, and we just tried to hang on for dear life. So we've went back to systematizing our business, which then I feel like I'm living in Pandora's box because every time I pick up a rock, a bunch of snakes slither out and say, hey, you forgot the system for that, and uh, do you remember when you used to do that? Well, you need to do that again. And then putting systems in place to protect our business from... um, threats, um, recording every phone line, having uh, four backup systems of our internet systems, and just now knowing that we're a larger business, we're much more at risk, and how can we reduce each of those risks? Hmm. Interesting. That's And I, I think that's something that folks don't think about until they've been slapped upside the head a couple of times with... Yes. With, uh, you know, threatened lawsuits are really common. You know, if you have lots and lots and lots of tenants, um, uh, occasional actual lawsuits (laughs) happen when you have lots and lots and lots of tenants. And, uh, yeah, you do become uh, more, let's say, not risk averse so much as risk aware, (laughs) if you you will. Um, Who are the most important people who help you run your business like who who could you just not live without who would you like to get insurance (laughs) on so that if they died you could clone them (laughs) actually have that insurance now because i have started working with financial advisors that told me i need to do those things um my husband of course because he's in our acquisitions um our cfo who is as we call it the heir apparent to the throne (laughs) <laughs> Stephanie, she's um, she's also the integrator, the ones that pick up the shrapnel, develop the systems, and take my ideas and run with them. And then um, the manager of our rehab department, Myra, is the the third one. And finally, Tabitha and Lonnie, who are who are property management. I mean, they they run that department, that division, without really any of my assistance. Mm-hmm. And we really did put those key employee insurances this year in place. Yes. Yes, I'm. I'm ready to. I'm getting ready to do that myself, uh, and probably for many of the same reasons. So, basically, you just you you kind of have an organizational chart in your head, and it sounds like each of these people runs one department mm-hmm. of the business. So, so uh, you said Myra rehabs, Tabby and Lonnie uh, do property management. Um, you've got your uh, Stephanie, who's the CFO and integrator, and uh, those folks are really that key to your business. Absolutely, couldn't do it without them. Excellent. I just got a question in from JC in Las Vegas. He says, will you please ask Missy whether she thinks the turnkey business model is here to stay or is it going to be significantly impacted when other investment uh, markets change? I think he means the stock market. Uh, Or if it's going to be significantly impacted as interest rates increase. 
I think it will be impacted as interest rates increase. However, I started my rental business when interest rates were 7.75 and 8%. So we've got a little ways to go before we are completely out of room. Uh, I think the rental, the turnkey space is here to stay because Americans are not buying homes. It's not the American dream anymore, especially for the millennials. And because of that, they all need a place to live. Um, the mom and pops are getting bought out by the REITs, and the turnkey model is still really strong. And I see that going on for at least another three to five years. A lot of very successful women investors, and it may be true of men as well, but I'm more familiar with the women investors, um, have have an issue when running a business of your size with just flat out stress. Seriously, like stress, <laughs> like, like, and and I, I don't know if women have a harder time handling the stress, or if they just kind of take more of the worry up on themselves than men do. Uh, do you find that to be true? And how do you deal with that stress? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. I'm getting a pool this summer, so I'm going back to swimming. Um, I try to have time fun with my family and my husband and have a glass of wine at night and um so you so you feel like it is true. Oh my gosh, it's stressful. I mean, this is a big business. <laughs> uh-huh. And you know, every time you think you get all the cylinders firing just exactly right, uh something that you didn't expect comes up. So then you just reevaluate and go back at it. Uh-huh. What are the most important new skills that you are still to this day after 20 years of doing this wanting to develop learning right now I, I noticed you I noticed you said uh, Facebook is now part of your business yes. and and that's one that I think a, a lot of a lot of folks are learning to kind of weave into their um, th- their business and it's kind of a, kind of interesting for a rental business to be on Facebook you know yes. you see a lot of like wholesalers and people oh, looking no. for private lenders and things like that but is, is there is there anything else that you're you're sort of still wishing you know your company had as a skill the last year we've taken on tax law um, we were the happy recipients of a couple of IRS inspections and audits and um, with the change in the presidential campaigns out has come lots of tax reform and it's really learning how to use the rules that are out there to make your business successful because sometimes it's not what you make it's what you save and it's you can save by making wise decisions by following the benefits that are available within the tax codes but you really have to have an expert to help you navigate through them and it's finding that expert that really can complement your business okay um and unfortunate and unfortunate that that is something that uh, all successful business owners ultimately have to become <laughs> an expert at. It's funny how when you when you first get into the real estate business, you're very very concerned with the strategies and tactics. Mm-hmm. How do I rehab? Can I get cabinets cheaper at this store than at that store? Uh, what are the best paint colors? I still do that. How do I? <laughs> How do I, how do I hire the right contractors? And then as time goes by, stuff that you never thought you would be concerned about. Um, what sort of IRA should I open? Which one has the best tax benefits? Um, how do I, how do I ten thirty one exchange everything? You know th- those sorts of things that you thought of as being not your problem at the beginning become big time your problem. Yes. We need to take another quick break. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. 
My my guest today is Missy McCall Hammonds. She's one of our X-Factor investors just talking about the attitudes and philosophies that have made her so successful. If you have any questions, you got about 10 more minutes to uh, get them into askvina at gmail.com or to 877-772-9658. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. My guest today is Missy McCall Hammonds. Her company is Bed and Breakfast Properties in Hamilton, Ohio. She's been in real estate for 20 years, uh, buys and sells about 20 turnkey rental properties a month and has done over 2,000 deals. And we're talking to her today about um, just what what it is that she does every day and that she's you know, had as an attitude and whatnot uh, that has made her successful with the intention, of course, that you listeners can take something out of this and maybe change your own thought processes, you know, read some of the same books, do some of the same things. A uh, question here via email at askvina at gmail.com. This is from Roy in Wichita. Pretty sure this is the first time we've ever gotten a question from Wichita. And for some reason, I can barely say Wichita. It's making me all tongue-tied. Uh, Roy says, "How did Missy learn property management? Did she do it by did she learn it by doing it or from someone else?" See all of the above. Um, <laughs> I took a number of classes through our local RIA groups and bought books and tapes from the old days and read everything I could. And then I bought that four family that ended up being a ten family and immediately became a landlord. And uh, you can read as much as you possibly can, but part of it is really getting out there and learning to make some of the mistakes because you have to learn that sometimes people don't tell the truth even when you think they're telling the, the truth <laughs> as a landlord. Uh-huh. You learn that uh, pretty pretty quickly. Um, and, and, you know, screening tenants becomes one of those skills that you just you just know how to do it. Uh, Roy has a follow-up question, which is, how does she find the buyers of these turnkey rentals? Well, the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a web page, and then we work with uh, brokers and aggregators across the nation that bring us those customers too. Then once we have a customer, um, it's not unusual for them to refer other friends and their children. And I think that's our highest compliment is when someone refers a family member to also invest in our homes. Excellent. Question here from John in Cincinnati. He says, I have a follow-up question to JC's question. Where does Missy see her business going over the next three to five years and why? We're now everywhere from north of Dayton into Cincinnati. Um, we're just moving to the Cincinnati marketplace now because we're building homes there. And in order to maintain those rentals, we'll buy rentals around those. So geographically, we're not going to leave the area Um Two years ago, I thought I was going to go to Orlando, and I found that they had great big bugs and lots of wells and septic tanks. And I decided Alligators. a little Ohio sounded great, <laughs> and we would just travel a little bit larger circle around our home base, which is Butler County. Mm -hmm. And I see our business just continuing to grow at a very steady pace. We don't anticipate any we're budgeting to stay at our current rate of about 240 a year. And really the only thing we're adding to our business this year, we'll add an outside collection agency. Um, one of the things that is a pet peeve of mine is landlords don't collect from previous tenants very well. And we've been working within that system within our office by hiring uh, an, an attorney to help us with collections. And we plan on offering those systems outside to the public 
in the next year. And then uh, in two years, we plan on working on a fire restoration business. And that will augment the next recession because we have wonderful contractors that have been very dedicated. And when the bell rings and the interest rates go up and people quit buying houses, I want to be able to give them jobs, which would fire restoration would allow them to do that because mm-hmm. they're great contractors. What is your personal exit strategy for all of this? Exit? I, I mean, What's this that? Is, <laughs> this is a, I mean, this is a machine, man. And you got to, you know, you got to keep the machine, you got to keep the train rolling down the tracks. But at some point, I assume that you are going to permanently want to move to Mexico or no. someplace warm and sunny. And, and you know, maybe maybe this isn't, this isn't. I'm a control freak, Mina. You know that. <laughs> So I, mean, I think we'll take more vacations. My husband says uh, my idea of retirement's rehabbing five houses a month, not twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I I see you know the real estate business kind of dictates what happens in the world. You know, interest rates, elections, uh, recessions, all of those things that we don't control. And right now we're absolutely on an upswing, so we'll ride that as long as we can. And then uh, you know the pe- the right people in the right seats allow me to have a lot more freedom to do what I want to do. And you know, with the way the internet is today, I can go to Paris for a week and work a couple of hours a day in the office by just having my laptop with me. So um, there really are no boundaries to what we can do. And I love what I do. It's not work when, when you love what you do. So seriously, no succession plan? Oh, like, well, we, <laughs> sure we have a succession plan. Um, you know, Stephanie is our integrator. She's my CFO and she will take over the, the running of the company from my perspective in the future. But, you know, she'll have to pry it from my dying hands. <laughs> <laughs> and really each department runs independently now. And as long as there's a great leader in that position, then we'll continue. I'll be able to, you know, sharpen the saw, get a little bit better every day. And I won't I won't be as needed, but they'll want me there. <laughs> what is your very, very favorite thing about your business? That my friends and family and my dogs can all be at work with me every day. <laughs> I mean, it's we really have a happy place, or at least we try every day to have a happy place at work. And, you know, we, it's, uh, we say we have a dysfunctional family atmosphere, which means yeah, people do bring their kids and their dogs sometimes, and my dogs come to work every day, and, and we try to make it a fun place to work. What don't you like about it? Stress. <laughs> Those little things that just, you know, Mondays are always bad because no matter how much you prepare, uh, you're never ready for the weather to be 22 degrees below zero for four days in a row, which causes great chaos and, you know, surprises that happen in any business. Mm -hmm. If I knew a way to get past that, I would tell it to you right now, but (laughs) um, (laughs) I've been doing this even longer than you have, and uh, my business is less stressful than yours, so, and I'm still stressed, so I, I, that one I, that one I can't help you with. Maybe, maybe some listener will send us a solution (laughs) at askfina at gmail.com. All right, so let's go back, let's go back to the listeners. Um, You've been involved for a long time with the uh, IPOA up in, which is the the RIA in Butler County. It's the Investment Property Owners Association. So I'm sure you've run across a lot of newbies, a lot of people who wanted to do this business. What bad advice do you think new investors are getting in the market today? Learn everything you can. And what I mean by that is, and in, in real estate, there's a hundred ways to make money. You can wholesale, you can lease option, you can be a landlord, you can do loans, you can do notes. Find one way that you enjoy and focus on it for five years. 
don't even think of doing anything else until you're an expert in what you do. And once you've done that, you've spent that time, you've become knowledgeable, and then you can start adding to your business. Unless you make a mistake like me and become a landlord because you didn't realize what you were doing. But- uh, yeah, you're, you're, and you're very, you're very right. Not only are people being advised that they need to know everything before they do anything, they're being charged to know everything yes. before they do anything. And you and I have both met people who've spent more money on their real estate education than they could have spent on a completely fixed up rental from you, right? Yes. They could have spent that same money and actually bought a house. And they still don't feel like they know enough to make an offer. Get out there and try it. You're going to have to, you have to fail in order to succeed. You can't really be afraid of that failure. That's just a bump of the road that really gives you more knowledge to make a better decision next time. Mm-hmm. Try not to do it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you expected me to ask you or hoped that I would ask you that I didn't get around to asking you? You should have hoped, I really hoped you'd ask me how I started my real estate education. (laughs) Because I was in Vina's first real estate 101 and 201 class. Yeah, which you probably heard about on Real Life Real Estate. Yeah, probably. Back in the day, (laughs) during a fun drive or something. (laughs) So, and I do, I credit you to helping me stay focused and giving me a great education and making me do things that were very uncomfortable, like standing on a stage with 400 people in the audience. (laughs) And, but all of those lessons and all that education has helped me be the successful owner I am today. Well, as my dad used to say, I may have taught you everything I know, but I haven't taught you everything you know. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I appreciate that. And uh, I'm really glad you found the time to come and be on the program today. I think uh, a lot of especially our female listeners don't see enough super successful women in the real estate business. And since you uh, are one of those super successful women, I appreciate you coming and sharing your uh, knowledge and philosophies with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We are going to be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.